0: The story you were about to hear is true. Attention, all true. She's alive. When I was a high school junior, one of my good friends, who was a senior at the time, was going to go off to college. Now I knew I was going to miss his friendship, and I wanted to spend as much time during that last summer as I could hanging out with him. Fortunately, he felt the same way, and every day after work at the video store, I would give him a call, he would come by, pick me up, and we'd go to a movie, or go to an arcade, or hang out with some other friends. About a month into the summer, I was over at his house, and I noticed that he had a laser tag gun. I also happened to have a laser tag gun at my house, and we started talking about it. And he said, you know, tomorrow you should bring your laser tag gun over and we can see if they still work. So I did, and we started shooting one another with our laser tag guns. Now we both knew that separately, we had friends who also had laser tag guns. So we called them up and invited them over to play laser tag. And oddly enough, they all decided to play. So seven of us, started playing laser tag at night in the townhouse community where this friend of mine lived. It was so much fun. We would start playing at around 9, 9.30. For some reason, none of the neighbors seemed to care. And we would play till first about midnight, but then it started to creep into the 1am to 2am territory. The sort of territory that made my mother nervous when I was coming home too late. We played laser tag probably four, maybe five days a week for the entire summer. And I remember Toward the end of August, when I knew he was going to be leaving soon, that these would be some of our last games. And on the last game, we actually played maybe until two or three in the morning. And then I stayed over at his house with a bunch of other people. And I remember one of the people who was with us, who worked at a restaurant, made us ham steak and eggs. And we talked about laser tag. And it was a great time. We laughed. We talked about playing laser tag again next summer. But unfortunately, like friends do, we drifted apart. He would not return the next summer. He stayed in Indiana where he was going to school. Eventually his family moved away while he was in college. So I never saw him again. But I have a great memory of all the times we had before Lasertag and then this great culmination of his time with me playing laser tag. And we could have done anything that summer. But for some reason, this game, a game that we got when we were children, had a renaissance and it proved to be too much fun to not play. While I loved laser tag when I was younger, it was really the memories I had as a teenager playing it that have given it a warm place in my heart. So on today's show, I'd like to talk to you about Laser Tag by Worlds of Wonder. We'll talk about the company behind the game. We'll talk a little bit about the origins of laser tag itself. We'll talk about the animated TV show, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. So, laser tag in its generic form with the L A S E R predates the Worlds of Wonder version of laser tag. Many people will point back to the 1979 Star Trek electronic phaser toys that were created by South Bend Electronics, which is a part of Milton Bradley, as the original laser tag guns. But the military was also using similar technology in combat simulations, and target practice light shooting games had been popular in arcades for years before this. Enter Worlds of Wonder, or WOW. A company I've talked about when I did my Teddy Ruxpin episode of the show, it was founded in the 1980s by two former Atari employees, Don Kingsborough and Mark Robert Goldberg. They're known for a lot of great products, probably though their biggest hit was the talking teddy bear, Teddy Ruxpin. If you want more information about Teddy Ruxpin and his talking friends, feel free to listen to that Teddy Ruxpin episode. Now, I might argue that their school supplies division, the Class Act line of products, was pretty well known. I especially liked Express It, the locker answering machine. But I think their second most popular product is Laser Tag, which would be released in 1986. Before I move on to laser tag itself, I want to talk about the demise of Worlds of Wonder because it was coming out strong in the 80s with toys that were a little more techy, and its success was great. But when you have a high-profile company and high-level people in the company make trades, people get really scared and they dump some of the stock. That caused some real problems for Worlds of Wonder. And then a young man named Leonard Falcon was shot and killed when they mistook his laser tag gun for a real gun. And this caused tremendous bad press for Worlds of Wonder and laser tag. To help fight this problem, Worlds of Wonder thought they could issue non-investment grade bonds, which are also known as junk bonds. Unfortunately, they're doing this around 1987 and that very year, there's a massive stock market crash. Because of this, Worlds of Wonder filed for bankruptcy protection and in 1988, it was liquidated creditors would keep the company going until finally they shuttered it in 1990, which is very fitting because it's very much a company of the 80s. We'll return after these messages. Check out Phil's Pan. If you want to do well in school, you have to keep up with current events. Express it. The locker answering machine. Aaron. <laughs> Bye. And now, back to the show. Laser tag was the brand name for an infrared gun game that was produced by Worlds of Wonder in 1986. If you're going to spell laser tag, as I mentioned earlier, it's L-A-Z-E-R tag, not L-A-S-E-R tag. It would be manufactured by three companies after Worlds of Wonder went under. It would be revived by Tiger Electronics in 1996 and then by Hasbro in 2004. At the same time, another laser gun game was released, Photon, and actually at my house, I got a Photon for Christmas the year that Laser Tag and Photon came out, and I really, really wanted Laser Tag because it was the gun game that all my friends were getting. Fortunately, I had two of the Photon pistols, so at least I could play with one of my friends. Still, about a year later I would pick up a Laser Tag set at a garage sale and play a lot more of that with my friends at the time. The first items released or laser tag was a basic set that had a laser tag starlight pistol, a star sensor that went on your chest, a belt and holster for holding the gun, and the harness that would attach the star sensor to your chest. They would eventually release other equipment, including a target set, and my favorite, the Laser Tag Starlight Pro Rifle, which is this beautiful white rifle that looks like something out of science fiction. will return after these messages. tag. The games begin in August. And now, back to the show. The thing that Worlds of Wonder did very well was marketing Laser Tag. And we'll talk a little bit about the animated series that would accompany Laser Tag in a minute. But one of the great things about Lasertag, and the reason everybody was so excited, was they went nationwide with the release. There were great commercials, some of which you're hearing during this show, and they would sponsor tournaments in high schools and colleges. And this was the first time that any, I guess, laser sport was put out on such a grand scale. And it was really the name, Laser Tag, by Worlds of Wonder, that made Laser Tag the more generic term, the S versus the Z, so much more well-known. And we call it Laser Tag, and I'm pretty sure that's because of laser tag the worlds of wonder system we don't call it photon and that's because of great marketing and part of that marketing was this a thousand years from now a perfect world laser tag champion jamie jaron is the sole possessor of starlight power until the resurrection of a master criminal from the past Draxon greer Through time in his quest to conquer the future, he is pursued by Jamie Jarrett. Jamie must team with her ancestors, Tom, Beth, and Nikki Jarrett. Join us now in their adventure through time to preserve the past, save the future, and keep the peace established by the Laser Tag Academy. That is the intro to Laser Tag Academy, an animated television series. Produced by Ruby Spears. It aired on NBC from September 13th to December 6th, 1986. Later you would see it in reruns on various channels. I've talked about Ruby Spears in other episodes. They created a lot of great animated series. Especially stuff from the 80s that a lot of people know. Including Thundar the Barbarian. Rubik the Amazing Cube. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Mr. T. Fangface. Sectors. And many more. The firm was founded in 1977 by... Former Hanna-Barbera employees, Joe Ruby and Ken Spears, they were at the time network executives at ABC working on Saturday morning programming. ABC thought, well, Hanna-Barbera's really got a lock on all this animated content. Maybe we could create something that rivals them, and Ruby Spears was born. The plot of laser Tag Academy is sort of complicated. In the show, Jamie Jaron, who's a laser tag champion from the year 3010, travels back in time to the 80s, to help her ancestors, Tom, Beth, and Nikki, who need protection from Draxon Dreer, who is a criminal from the year 2061, who was in suspended animation and was revived by Jamie's teacher, Professor Alanga. Draxon leads a group called the Skugs, who are also in suspended animation. The reason Draxon travels back is to kill Beth, because she would be the one who would eventually create The Starlight Gun and Star Sensor, the two laser tag products I talked about earlier that are worn by Jamie as the champion of laser tag. While these are amazing bits of technology for the tournament, a true Starlight Gun is also capable of matter manipulation on a molecular level. And with the Star Sensor, it allows a person to travel through time. As a person who has used both a Star Sensor and Starlight Gun, and has tried to travel through time, I can tell you it does not work, unfortunately. Now we'll go a little bit through the cast very quickly. Billy Jane played Tom Jaron. Billy worked a lot in the 80s on television and film. To many people who watched TV in the 80s and 90s, he's maybe best known for his role on Parker Lewis Can't Lose, and also as Buddy, the brother in Just One of the Guys from 1985. Noelle Harling played Jamie Jaron. Noel's another one of these people who worked on a lot of TV shows, especially in the 80s, including 21 Jump Street, St. Elsewhere, and Quincy M.E. Booker Bradshaw played Draxon Dreer. Bradshaw passed away in 2003. If you're a Star Trek fan, he played Dr. Mbenge in two episodes of the original series. He was also a writer on TV shows like The Planet of the Apes and Columbo. Pat Fraley played one of the scugs I want to mention Pat Fraley because he's also the voice of some of the great characters on the animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, including Krang and Casey Jones. Don LaFontaine did the narration that you heard at the beginning of this segment. Don LaFontaine was a tremendous announcer. He passed away in 2008, probably best known for doing trailers, and he's often spoofed with the intro in a world where something happens. Christine McGregor voiced Beth Jaron, did a lot of voice acting, including work on The Nightmare Before Christmas and Oliver and Company. Tress McNeil does Jenna Jaron's voice. Tress McNeil, very talented voice actor. Most modern people would know her for her work on The Simpsons, where she does, most notably, the voice of Agnes Skinner, and she did the voice of Mom on Futurama, and she would also do work on Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Sid McCoy played Professor Alanga, probably best known as the announcer voice on the TV show Soul Train. That is how I knew Saturday morning cartoons were over. Soul Train came on. I would dance right into the kitchen, and get myself another bowl of cereal, dance right back into the living room. Frank Welker, multiple voices, including Andrew Jaron and also one of the Skugs. Franklin Wendell Welker is a, another legend in the voice industry. If you're a Transformers fan, he is the voice of Megatron. He's also the original voice of Fred Jones on Scooby-Doo. Finally, Nikki Jaron was voiced by R.J. Williams, an award-winning child actor. She would work on episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation and Full House. The show would run for 13 episodes, sadly only one season. While it did not have a huge impact, it is still fondly remembered by many people, myself included. The show is not too easy to find online. Occasionally, people will post episodes that they probably got off the Sci-Fi channel when it ran there. Three VHS tapes were released, all by Celebrity Home Entertainment. Two were released in the late eighties, and they were movie adaptations of the cartoons where they edit them together to create a longer product. Laser Tag Academy The Movie and Laser Tag Academy Champion's Biggest Challenge were both released in nineteen eighty nine, and then a third VHS tape with a single episode, the Battle Hymn of the Jarens, was released in nineteen ninety one. will return after these messages the future of laser games is here laser tag with incredible 100 foot firing range engage force shield or power up for the ultimate laser blast the future is here laser tag you are it That's not included train to be a rebel soldier with star wars laser tag ready power up fire single or continuous burst over 50 feet Train by yourself or with a rebel assault team use the force in laser tag star wars laser tag batteries not included and now back to the show there were other products released for laser tag including an official game handbook and an official tournament handbook that were released by tsr the people who made Dungeons and Dragons before Wizards of the Coast bought them. There were also three choose-your-own-style adventure books released by TSR. You can find them online, kind of mixed quality and mixed pricing. If you go on Amazon, there is one that is ludicrously overpriced at $678.63. I have seen it for much cheaper, so please shop around even if you are a giant laser tag fan. I guarantee you will probably be able to find it cheaper than that. There was a Lasertag video game released. It was published by Go Media Holdings and developed by Probe Software. The game came out in 1987. It was available for the Amstrad CPC, the ZX Spectrum, and the Commodore. I played it on the Commodore. Unfortunately, it is not a very well-reviewed game. I thought it was kind of fun at the time, but I think this review that I found online best sums it up. In two-player mode, players take turns rather than both being on screen at the same time. Ultimately, however, Laser Tag looks and plays like an inferior and repetitive commando clone with some irritating quirks on machines such as the C64. I think I was a lot more forgiving about my video games. I think I was much more into the theming of what was going on and tried to let my imagination overcome a lot of the negatives of games, especially if I paid for the game. Then I had to make it good, because odds are I was not getting that money back. To me, Lasertag is a high watermark of the 1980s. It was an amazing toy that, much like the Rubik's Cube and Teddy Ruxpin, would spawn other products, TV shows, video games, books. But it had a lot more in common with the Rubik's Cube than it did with Teddy Ruxpin, in that it would perpetuate an industry beyond itself. Because even now, there are laser tag arenas set up. And while they might not have much in common with the laser tag that we wore on our chest, they might look different, they might play differently. They might even use different technology. But they have their roots in this game and its successful marketing of itself. So the next time you're playing a laser sport, perhaps think back to the wonderful laser tag If you've never looked at the equipment it is remarkable take a look at it it's just the type of science fictiony looking toy that i just love and if you have the opportunity to play with it please do and the animated series was a lot of fun you could find some of it online i think if you watch even one of the movies that are made of it you will not be disappointed Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com retroist.com and twitter.com retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you like what you hear, you can email peachy at peachy at retroist.com. This is my final episode of this season. I hope everyone enjoyed it. I am already starting to gather my episodes for next season, and I'll make an announcement when that is ready to go. If you have any suggestions for next season, please feel free to contact me. If there is an episode that I was trying to do this season, you heard me in my promo talk about some episodes I didn't get to. I did try to record them all. They did not turn out very well, including the subject of this week's podcast. This is the third recording of it, so I will get to those other subjects probably in the next season, which will hopefully be coming up soon. But look for other podcasts on The Retroist. You'll see some new ones coming out soon, some old favorites from Vic Sage returning. Thanks again for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. chant laser tag laser tag and everybody would carry me out of the arena on their shoulders this has been a retroist production goodbye